Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. Looks like a shutdown. Yep, uh, unless something happens here in the next uh, 15 minutes or so, it looks like the federal government is going to shut down. Now, that doesn't mean people won't be getting their Social Security checks uh, or that nobody will be working in the those booths at Customs when you try to go over the border and up there in Buffalo or down in Texas. But hundreds of thousands of federal workers will be off work, which makes you wonder if maybe we have too many federal workers, but that's another story. Uh, how do we survive without them if, if they leave and nobody notices it? But here's the best part. They'll be off work, but they'll still get paid for the time that they missed. Uh, I saw Bernie Sanders was tweeting uh, earlier today a couple of times. Uh, on tw- He was on Twitter talking about what a Scrooge President Trump is for putting all these people out of work at Christmas, which made me a couple of things. First of all, if you don't make a decision for the entire country based on somebody's Christmas being ruined, it's, it's too bad. You know, get it. Don't don't work for the government. But what, what the deal is here is that uh, it actually seems like a, a nice Christmas present that they're getting. The boss says, don't bother showing up for work until further notice. Might be a couple of weeks. Who knows? Probably be end up being a day, if anything. But anyway, of course, the Republicans and the Democrats are going back and forth blaming each other for the shutdown. And they probably think you care about it a lot more than you do. I don't know about you, but I'm not planning on taking a trip to a national park anytime soon. So if they want to tell the Rangers to stay home, I'll be okay. Um, and here's the thing. they the, the bosses tell them to go home, but they're going to be paid, as I said, while they're gone, which sounds a lot like a paid vacation, which is what they're getting. So uh, you know, maybe you shouldn't worry about it too much. Sounds like a, a Christmas present to me. Uh, now, um, and of course, the other thing is that uh, Donald Trump shocked everybody yesterday when he said he was bringing the troops home from Syria. His Secretary of Defense, Jim Mattis, resigned effective in February. And that has the media all fired up and saying it's another sign that Trump is unstable, surrounded by chaos. There's a chance that Donald Trump knows exactly what he's doing. I mean, he did say during the campaign that he was going to destroy ISIS and then get out of Syria. He destroyed ISIS in Syria, and now he's leaving. That sounds a lot like a campaign promise that's being fulfilled. And I'll have a guy on after the break who knows Donald Trump well and says that he knew Mattis and Trump was not a good fit from the beginning. I'm not going to sit here and try to make you believe that I have a grasp on the geopolitical nuances of the Middle East and Syria and the conflict with the Kurds and what will happen when we do pull out. That's why I like to, you know, make a habit of bringing on people who are a lot smarter than I am to talk about stuff like this. Call me crazy, but I prefer doing that to, you know, finding out how Walt and McKeesport feels about it. I know it might be a simple, a simple. Uh, I might be simplifying a complicated issue, but you know, I just I've always been a believer in making sure we have enough oil that we don't have to worry about what's going on between the Syrians and the Kurds or anybody else in the Middle East. Pump our oil, pump our own oil, let them figure it out. So they've been trying that for three thousand years. I don't know. I might have a problem with my grandson was in the military and was expected to risk his life defending the Kurds. Figure it out. 
When we come back, we'll get uh, Syria all straightened out for you. As far as the other thing, I guess they're just going to have to, you know, shut it down. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA. There are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial Plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and, of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM 1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. The original Mattress Factory's mission is simple. We hand-build quality mattresses in our local factories. We sell those mattresses directly to our customers so we can eliminate the middleman, saving you hundreds of dollars compared to mainstream brands. While the other guys have their gimmicks, the original Mattress Factory has a straightforward approach and is committed to quality and doing what's best for our customers. It's what we've done for almost 30 years. Go to OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Great beds, no bull. That is the original Mattress Factory difference. Quality products plus factory direct prices equals great value. Mattresses that are designed with better materials. Mattresses that are hand-built in local factories. Mattresses that cost hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Now, I know what you're thinking. This all sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it isn't. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made honestly priced. The economy is growing, businesses are hiring, and Americans are feeling good about their future opportunities. Looking to upgrade your career? AM 1250 hosts an online virtual job fair 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, every day of the year. Keyword virtual at TheAnswerPGH.com to find our newest employment opportunities from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Sponsored by Express Employment Professionals of Robinson Township. The virtual job fair at TheAnswerPGH.com. You wouldn't put a square peg in a round hole, so why would you deploy a traditional firewall in a modern decentralized network? Firewalls have new requirements for businesses leveraging SaaS-based applications and public cloud platforms like AWS, Azure, and Google Cloud. We're in the cloud generation now, so your firewalls have to be engineered to fit right in. 
Reclaim your cloud network. Try a Barracuda cloud generation network or application firewall free at barracuda.com slash firewalls. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. heard the news donald trump wants to bring the troops home from syria media who are usually all for pulling the troops out of wherever they are for whatever reason somehow they've suddenly become really worried about what this means for the kurds and some of them are saying that it's just another sign that donald trump's insane and he needs to be removed from office i figured there was a pretty good chance that it was a lot more complicated than most people think and probably above the pay grade of just about everybody in the media that's why i like to find guys like james carafano He was on Donald Trump's foreign affairs transition team. He's a West Point grad, knows a lot more about this stuff than most people. And he's the director of the Catherine and Shelby Cullum Davis Institute for Foreign Studies at the Heritage Foundation. He joins us now. Jim, thanks for being here. Hey, great to be with you. So, you know, I don't, where do you begin on this? Uh, This kind of caught everybody by surprise. Maybe the first question should be, did it catch you by surprise? no. But you know, I live in the belly of the beast. So you know, when the when when there's a stomach ache, you know, the, the ripples go quickly across the Potomac. So uh, you know, whether it's I think the, the Syria decision that was definitely kind of came out of the blue. But you know, how this kind of played out with uh, Secretary Mattis, I think people saw that coming for for a bit. So uh, Secretary Mattis resigning is not a, uh, shouldn't surprise anybody. Um. No, I mean, I think, you know, the timing of the Syrian-Afghanistan kind of leaves people wondering. But, you know, uh, first of all, if you read his letter, it's actually very, very telling, and it kind of tells both sides of the coin. Um, You know, on the one hand, there's a real valid criticism in there, and I think it's a a valid criticism that's kind of been around since day one, which is, you know, everybody gets that the president is an unconventional statement. That's that's his choice. I mean, he's the president. He can tweet or do whatever he wants, but... The, the the United States government has a responsibility to clearly articulate its policies to friends and allies and, and to enemies. And and the government works for the president, and that's the president's job. And I, and I think and I think Syria is a good example. When the administration doesn't always do that, and I think the responsibility for that goes back to the president, I think that's a lesson that uh, Trump ought to take away. The, the flip side of that coin, and you also see this in the letter, which was, you know, Mattis was was not the right guy for Trump. They made it work. That's because they're both great patriots. And and we forget in this fluff, you know, kerfuffle of him flying, the administration said actually had two very very successful years of foreign policy. But you know, Mattis always viewed defense as, from a general's perspective, if this is a nonpartisan activity, I don't get involved in that dirty politics and stuff. Yeah. And and it's not. I mean, military stuff is nonpartisan, but defense policy is a partisan activity it's part of the president's administration and the political appointments that you have are people who should be loyal not just to the secretary but but ultimately to the president and and your mission is to advance the president's agenda and if you can't do that you should step aside which i think he did so but do you think it's interesting you said that uh they weren't a good match do you think they were both aware that they weren't a good match and decided to go for it no matter, you know, despite that? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think history will tell, but I, I do think that, um, you know, you know, Trump hires people and, you know, he thinks, you know, I hire good people and if they don't work out, you know, great, I'll move them out and hire somebody else. Um, he didn't think in kind of traditional, 
you know, political terms, uh, and and neither did Mata. So I, I, I do believe, I don't think when they, when they started this journey that they both kind of guessed, oh, Jesus will never work out. But the reality is, is um, the president found that he is not just the president, he's the leader of a political party, he's the leader of an administration, and, uh, and he has more than just kind of 17 people working in an office that, that, you know, if he doesn't like when he fires them and they're completely dedicated to him because he pays their paycheck. And, you know, for Mattis, who obviously knows the geopolitics very well and is very good at that, uh, you know, he never played the inside Washington politic game, and, and he never made that transition to being the political leader for the president. Uh, and uh, so, and I think they tried, I, I think on both sides they tried to, make the best to make it work, but it wasn't sustainable over time. So I think Mattis is leaving exactly at the right time. They put the strategy in place. They did a lot with readiness. We actually had put very good policies forward in the Middle East, in Asia, in Europe, all very important. So they actually achieved a lot together, but this is not sustainable. So the, the divorce came at the right time. Okay, but Of course, most of the media are out there saying that this is a sign that it's t- time to drag out the 25th Amendment again. And that, you know, well, yeah, really Trump is insane. Of things. Yeah, I mean, they say a lot of things, this presumption that Trump is impulsive and uncontrolled and all this, everything. None of that was ever true. From day one, the president has been decider-in-chief. And, and, and that doesn't mean that he never listens to anybody. That's absolutely not true. I can give lots of examples where he listened to everybody, and then he made his judgment. And it's also not that they're... There's not like there's a Trump whisper that Jared's just kind of telling him what to do. I can show lots of examples where different people were influential with the president at different times. So he listens to people. He makes his own judgments, which is exactly what the president's supposed to do. If you don't like the judgments, that's fine. But this notion of some kind of how he impugning his motives and judgment and everything else, because we live in this kind of wacky world, uh, I mean, I think it's unrealistic. Even in Madison's letter, he, never, he didn't claim the president was impulsive or irresponsible. He said, look, um, I don't think we're doing a good job articulating our policies, and that's a big problem with friends and allies and enemies. And he said, I, I don't agree with the direction that, that the policies are going. Those are, those are not, you know, I, 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 I don't think we should let you have your finger on the red button. Um, and you, you were part of the transition team, is that true? With uh, the Donald- I, I was. So not, you- not defense, though. I, I ran... I ran the State Department transition team up through the election, and then after the election, up until the inauguration, I ran the Department of Homeland Security transition team. So the reason I ask is because you have seen, when you're speaking about Donald Trump's um, methods and the way he deals with people, you've seen it firsthand. I did. I, I briefed the president twice, twice while he was um, a candidate. I've, I've, I've known Mattis for many, many years. I know many of the, the senior officials in government. I try to maintain contact with them. I talked to the administration. I talked to a lot of foreign governments and dignitaries and, and parliamentarians and foreign leaders about how they view the United States and how the United States views them. So I, I do feel like, you know, I kind of live this thing every day. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I, I guess some part of my frustration is often is other, you know, other people on the outside, they're just sitting there, they're reading journalistic accounts, and so they're making assessments based on journalists. I'll give you an example, right? So Afghanistan, where after the said, well, we're pulling out of Syria, all these articles appear, well, we're pulling out of Afghanistan. And then I talked to some folks at the White House, and they said, look, that decision hasn't been made yet. And, and it, it, 
it's apparent that that, that that was leaked because people were just wanted to kind of throw gasoline on the fire right. and say, oh, look. So, you know, you got to... You have to kind of know the story behind the story, and and I don't I can't tell you how many times in the last three days people said, well, what about this? And I just said I don't know because I I don't know I I don't know specifically why Mattis chose now to resign. I I don't know what the actual plan is in Syria, but I say that, and I don't draw conclusions on stuff I don't know. I I have a big issue with people who connect the dots because those are the those are the only dots they have. Right. right? Well, let me just ask you this. To keep it simple. Um, uh, what is what are what are the worst and best case scenarios that you can see uh, as a result of pulling out of Syria? Well, so here's the here's the problem I have with analyzing this. Is one is we don't know what the plan is. Mm-hmm. Two is after we execute the plan that we don't know what it is. We don't know how the United States is going to continue to safeguard its interests in Syria. And three is. We don't know how that fits in all the, into the overall regional strategy. So even here we are several days later, and we're not even really sure what the U.S. government is going to do. How are they going to account for the tens of thousands of refugees? Um, how are they going to sustain support for the French? How are they going to continue to kill ISIS? How are they going to keep Turkey at bay? We don't have the answers to any of those questions. So my answer is I don't know. I'm sympathetic with the president when he says, look, we have to transition to a more sustainable footprint. I get that. That makes perfect sense to me. We only went into Syria on the ground with boots to begin with because that was the only way we could dest- destroy the territorial caliphate. And we did that. Mm-hmm. And having done that, it is time to transition to something else. In transitioning to something else, we don't, we don't want to sacrifice all we achieved, and we don't want to leave ourselves worse off than when we started. But what's the plan for that? And, and until I know what the plan is, it's very hard from, a, you well, know, from an a- analytical perspective to say, well, the president's doing the right thing or the wrong thing. But there are lots of people in his own party, uh, senators, uh, congressmen. I, I I don't know, but I'm assuming also. I think I've seen uh, military people who are seem to be um, expecting the worst case scenario or assuming yeah, the worst case scenario. Yeah, but but they're not operating off any more facts than I am. So, <laughs> so they should be keeping their mouth shut. <laughs> no, I mean I'm just saying yeah. that. It, and the other thing is, is we don't even know what the, if this is the fi- the president's final decision. If you remember, six months ago he said, "Hey, we're going to pull the troops out of Syria," and then actually we didn't do anything, mm-hmm. right? So you know, the president actually, you know, takes feedback. I mean, I, I don't mean that he's like bullheaded or or anything like that, but but he he's not dogmatic, and and he he does kind of listen to the feedback he gets from people, and sometimes when he gets feedback, he. He adjusts what he does, so I'm not even sure we have kind of the final Syria plan yet. So we're talking to James. So this, yeah, no, I mean we're in this twenty. You know, we're twenty four hour yeah. instant analysis. Right. Got to have an answer, a news cycle. So we're we're talking but. to James Carafano. He's the director of the Catherine and Shelby Cullum Davis Institute for Foreign Studies at Heritage Foundation. That title alone tells you you know a heck of a lot more about this stuff than most people do. Um, or I have a very big calling card. Yeah, right. Um, so. Uh, lots of people are making a lot of the fact that uh, Putin is happy about this, about this news. Does that mean anything? Well, well that's funny because I've actually seen articles where, where claiming that Putin is upset because he doesn't know what the United States is doing either. Um, uh, and this is, you know, I think everybody just reads into this the Trump that's in their head. Um, you know, so you know, for example, saying, "Oh, we're giving Syria over to Putin." Well, first of all. Syria has always been in the orbit of Russia and Iran forever. 
and and you, and that's actually never been a problem for us. The Syrians, we've been at odds with them for many many decades. It's never compromised our national security. It's never prevented us from having the policies we want in the region. So the notion that somehow we're giving Syria over to the Russians and the Iranians is laughable because they never lost it. And and the only way we could take it away from them is to fight a war over Syria. And does anybody reasonably expect that we're going to do that? So I just find the whole criticism about, you know, we're giving something to the Russians in Syria, it's just kind of laughable. Wow. Well, um, who are the Kurds? And why should Americans care whether or not they get destroyed as soon as the Americans pull out, which is, I know that's the worst case scenario that's being thrown out right. there. Well, yeah, well, first of all, um, there are Kurds all over, Kurdish populations all over the Middle East. Often when Americans hear the term Kurds, what they're often thinking is Iraqi Kurdistan, which is not what we're talking about at all. Iraqi Kurdistan is a almost a self-governing area. They defend themselves. They're very pro-Western. They actually like capitalism, uh, you know, freedom. And I mean, they're actually probably the most westernized people in the middle of the Middle East. That, that We're talking about this, the Kurdish population in Syria. Now, there, there's a group that under that called the YPG who, who are actually not good people. They are Marxist. Uh, they have a very bad track record. They've actually been implicated in terrorism. Why did the United States support them? And the answer is really simple, because they were fighting ISIS, and we were trying to take the caliphate down. Um, so I'm not really sure we care about the future of the YPG, but there are about 50,000 Kurds who, if, if we're not careful in how we do things, they could get caught in a squeeze between the Turks and the Russians and the Assad, and that could be a very, very serious humanitarian catastrophe. So I am sympathetic to... You want to transition the footprint in Syria? God, that makes perfect sense to me. But we need to do it in a way that we're mitigating the risk for a large-scale humanitarian or refugee crisis. I uh, I saw somewhere, I can't remember where it was, when I was looking up looking for some different opinions today, uh, and I can't remember who it was that wrote about it, but the, the difference in where uh, we are now as compared to where we were a couple of years ago, not we are, but where... Uh, the Iraqi, the Iraqis are where they can maybe um, help in right. preventing the spread of ISIS because we've done a better job of training and equipping them, and they're a much different force and a, and a much um, more able force now than they were. I don't know three, four, five years ago. Well, this actually gets to one of my frustrations, which is on this Trump is blowing up the world, completely ignores that in two years. The U.S. has done so much to make the Middle East more stable. I mean, before Trump came in office, a million refugees were flooding into Western Europe. That stopped to a trickle. Iran was literally on the march everywhere, and, and Europe was pouring billions of dollars into their pockets that they were using then to fund the Houthis and Hamas and Hezbollah and else. That has stopped. Israel felt abandoned by the United States. That has stopped. Jordan was under enormous pressure. Jordan is stable, and that's important because it, it, half of the Jordan, Jordanian population is refugees. Iraq was in a terrible situation. Iraq is much, much more stable today. So you can't look me in the eye and say we're worse off in the Middle East now than we were two years ago with a straight face and not have me laugh you out of the room. Now, <laughs> yeah. well, you want to make the case that you know screwing up the Syria policy could undermine all that, fine, we could debate that as soon as we figure out what the actual Syria policy is. But you can't argue that, that Donald Trump has screwed up the Middle East, and he hasn't gotten us more engaged. 
right? We, we haven't put tens of thousands of troops back into the region. So, you, but the guy gets no street cred for time served. Hey, James, I'm uh, up against a hard break. I got 30 seconds here. I just want to tell you, you did a very bad job here because we're looking for panic in the streets. And you, you, you didn't give me any fuel to throw on the fire. But I appreciate, I appreciate you clearing up. Great movie from the 1960s. Go look it up on, on YouTube. Hey, thank you very much, James, for taking Good the time. Talking, appreciate brother. it. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. As a potential government shutdown approaches, President Trump and Democrats are trading preemptive blame. The deadline to fund some government agencies is midnight. The Senate's looking to take up a bill the House passed yesterday that would avoid a partial shutdown, but it stands next to no chance of passing. It's possible that we'll have a shutdown. I would say the chances are probably very good. The president says it's entirely up to Democrats, days after saying he'd proudly shut down the government. No Democrat has called for shutting the government down. Top Senate Democrat Chuck Schumer says the president owns the shutdown, while the president says Democrats do, trading barbs hours before hundreds of thousands of federal workers might be furloughed or have to work without pay. Sagar Magani at the White House. Another day of big losses on Wall Street. The Dow down by 414 points. The Nasdaq dropping 195. This is SRN News. This Christmas, do more than just carry your cell phone. At Patriot Mobile, every call, every text, every post carries a conservative message. Other companies charge you high rates and hidden fees that fund liberal agendas. Switch to Patriot Mobile to save money. Plus, part of your monthly bill is donated to 17 conservative organizations fighting for your beliefs. Here's Patriot Mobile CEO and Navy veteran Maury Leland. You know, a lot of people, they know where their money goes, but they really don't know what that money is funding. And that's really the difference. You know, people can take sides. They can put their money to work where they want it to work. And that's what we do at Patriot Mobile. Switching to Patriot Mobile is easy. You can keep your number and get the same super reliable nationwide service. With unlimited plans starting as low as $20 a month, why wait? Want to save $30? Visit them online at PatriotMobile.com forward slash Hugh to get your activation fee waived or mention Hugh when you call 1-800-A-PATRIOT. That's 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Patriot Mobile. Carry the message. Mike Gallagher has seen something refreshing out of Washington. We've seen a classy, beautiful, solemn send-off to the 41st President of the United States, and we have seen a ton of unity. I think that's a good thing. I know it's a good thing. Now, I know many of you, you like to fight, and you want to keep fighting. That's fine. we got plenty of fights coming up. Don't worry. Give it a week. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The answer. In years past, most families had a local jeweler they could go to with confidence and trust. In these changing times, one store has managed to stay the same. LS Jewelers has been family owned and operated for over 65 years. LS Jewelers in Robinson Town Center is a full service jewelry store. We have the largest selection of laboratory certified diamonds and engagement rings with both the finest quality and the best price. We also do custom design work as well as in-house repair. Don't trust your diamond purchase with just anyone. Come to LS Jewelers for the best price, service, quality, and selection. It's truly the most wonderful time of the year. Hi, this is Tun Shilkin from my friends at Calusi Chevrolet, and all month long, they're offering the Chevy Employee Discount to everyone. Lease an Equinox LS for only $156 a month. It's a 24-month, 20,000-mile lease with $19.99 plus fees due at signing. Now, you must qualify. You can buy with confidence at Calusi Chevrolet, knowing they've been in business for over 100 years. They're easy to find online at Calusi.com. 
Chevrolet. Find new roads. The average person considers estate planning just for the wealthy. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on estate planning for the everyday person. There's a lot that goes into it. People take more time picking out what car they're going to buy, where they're going to go to dinner, as opposed to what happens to my children. The state will dictate who gets what if you don't indicate who is to receive your stuff upon your passing. We want to make sure we plan appropriately so that they get the best of both worlds. They continue to receive the benefit and they get the inheritance. The other thing you have to think about is tax planning. We try to be proactive in the approach that we minimize any type of tax consequence when somebody dies, depending on the value of the estate. These taxes range anywhere from 45 to 40%. So we try to make sure that the beneficiary will receive as much as they legally are able to. Hear more on Conti's Law, Sunday morning at 8.30, here on The Answer. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. We're still looking at plenty of delays on the outbound Parkway East. It's crawling from Forbes Avenue to Edgewood, Swissvale. Outbound Parkway West delays from Banksville Road to Carnegie. We've got an accident on the Highland Park Bridge as you approach Route 8. Northbound 79 slow at the Parkway North Merge and at Route 19 Cranberry. Also southbound delays on 79 from Washington Pike to around Hendersonville. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Some rain and drizzle off and on for this evening. Then later tonight, rain will change over to snow and we can see a coating to an inch of accumulation. Rather windy with a low near 32. A morning snow shower tomorrow, otherwise mostly cloudy. Brisk and cold, high 36. The low tomorrow night, 27. Sunday, mostly cloudy with an afternoon shower, followed by evening snow showers, high 38. I'm Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, The Answer. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, we're coming up on Christmas. I'm going to be taking next week off. Uh, Aaron's off. Aaron Byrne, our producer, is also off. And uh, I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. But uh, I won't be here to wish it to you on the radio because I'll be gone. If you need me, I'll be eating something somewhere. But... um, I, I yesterday we we spent some time and you can if you have anything you want to call about uh, go ahead because I don't have a guest for this rest of the show here um, anything that you uh, have on your mind eight four four three zero two twelve fifty and uh, you can call me but um, I, I made I, I had a a lot of fun yesterday making fun of Pittsburgh Magazine's greatest uh, Pittsburgh uh, fifty greatest Pittsburghers uh, mostly because they had. Um, a really good guy and a great guy, uh, Fred Rogers, as the greatest Pittsburgher of all time. And I thought that was kind of ridiculous to be ranked ahead of people like, I don't know, Jonas Salk, who I think would be mine. Um, you know, uh, Andrew Carnegie, George Westinghouse, um, and several other people. I mean, I think he could put him in the top 50, but, you know, how about number 37? But, um, and also Andy Warhol was in there in the top 10. So I, there's a guy that, should be in there, and I wanted to tell you about him in case you haven't heard of this guy. And there's a pretty good chance you haven't, because very few people in Pittsburgh have. And if if you are like me and grew up here, uh, we all should know who this guy is. When I discovered him uh, several years ago by reading a book called That Dark and Bloody River, um, I was stunned that we were never told about this guy in school. He was Daniel Boone before Daniel Boone was Daniel Boone. And his name is Sam Brady. 
and he should be in the top ten greatest Pittsburghers of all time. Now, he wasn't born in Pittsburgh, uh, but then neither was um, Jonas Salk and a lot of the people on the on the top 50 list. Uh, you, they were people who spent lots of time here in Pittsburgh and and brought fame and, and did great things for Pittsburgh. Sam Brady was a guy who was actually from eastern Pennsylvania. He was 19 years old. He went off and fought in the Revolutionary War and uh, fought with George Washington in some of his major battles, all of his major battles. He actually spent the winter at Valley Forge. And his brother and his father were both killed by Indians, and he didn't like that. He got very mad, and he he vowed uh, revenge on all Indians. He eventually cooled off on that, but he became an Indian fighter. And uh, to make uh, it's a long story. It's a great story, and you should, if you want to uh, check them out, just go on, uh, just Google Sam Brady. There are some books out there, but nothing that's been done fairly recently. But um, so anyway, Sam Brady made an impression on George Washington, and at some eventually, George Washington assigned him to come to a place called Fort Pitt, which is you know right over the hill from where I'm sitting right now, and he became. He became the he formed what became the forerunner of um, Navy SEALs, Rangers. And they were called Brady's Rangers, and they were uh, formed in order to fight Indians and spy on Indians. Now, you know, I, I know it might be politically incorrect to talk about Indians and uh, this way, but uh, they were they were uh, brutal, and so were the white people, and it was uh, it was very dangerous around here. And people were being attacked by Indians, and, and the Indians were being attacked by white people. But it was, you know, the the the, um, um, the settlers were moving west, taking over parts of uh, the area surrounding the Ohio River. And uh, Sam Brady came to Pittsburgh, and he became uh, this, this guy who was the spy who protected the entire Pittsburgh area from Indians. His job, uh, what. It, uh, evolved into was as a spy. He dressed as an Indian. The guys in his group there were only there were just a few of them uh, who were Rangers. They all uh, disguised themselves as Indians, and they had hand signals and they were they had uh, special training so that they when they were out in the woods they could speak to each other without uh, making any noise because obviously the Indians were pretty good at that kind of stuff. And uh, so he became uh, a hero in Pittsburgh. And one story, there was a woman named uh, Jenny Stoops, and she lived on Chartier's Creek. Chartier's Creek, uh, for me, growing up in the South Hills, I went down there and fooled around on Chartier's Creek. It's, it runs between, I don't know, Bridgeville and all the way out to Peters Township, out that way. Uh, Jenny Stoops was kidnapped by Indians. And uh, uh, Sam Brady was coming back from uh, one of his spying missions he had gotten separated from his the three the two other guys he, he's with they uh, had one bullet left and they were they were being chased by the indians and they they got away they they eluded them but they were hiding and they had one in, one bullet left and so sam brady said i'll go out and shoot us something to eat so he took the one the musket and the one bullet i guess uh ball uh and he went out looking and then some Indians come up the trail, and they have a woman on a, a dr- walking behind the horse, being kind of dragged, and it's Jenny Stoops, who he recognizes from Chartier's Creek, and he knew that she had been um, kidnapped. So he has one bullet. So Sam Brady 
instead of using it for food, he took it and shot the Indian in the forehead and killed him. The other Indians who were with him, he pretended like he had other guys with him. And, and James uh, Sam Brady started yelling, you know, come on, get him, boys, making these Indians think that there were other guys there when there weren't. Anyway, he ends up escaping with this woman and her son, who was also uh, kidnapped. And he, find, he eventually gets a canoe and he gets his way back to Fort Pitt. But that's the kind of thing he did and he was known for. So he became a huge hero in, in western Pennsylvania and in, around Beaver County, uh, in Pittsburgh, Fort Pitt. So he marries a woman named Drusilla Van Swearingen, whose father was the captain of the fort, uh, which was actually in Weirton, West Virginia, where Weirton, West Virginia is now. She was like the most beautiful woman around. She was only like 16 or 17 when they got married. That's what they did back in those days. But um, he marries her, and he raises a family. And he continues, uh, after he was sent here by George Washington, he continues to just be the guy who protects this area from Indian attacks. What he would do, he would go out with his spies, and he would find out from his spying what the Indians were planning, and so that they could be prepared for attacks. Well, uh, it gets kind of complicated. He goes out on a mission, and he ends up killing four Indians, and he's accused of murder. So, now picture this. This guy is like the big hero around here, Sam Brady. He's uh, accused of murder, uh, of murdering these four Indians. He's a pretty big deal around here. Everybody likes him. And he goes on trial... Uh, Governor Mifflin uh, sends uh, a judge here with a wig and everything and a stagecoach. They want to they want to get him because they're tired of uh, they're trying to, I don't know, create some peace between the settlers and the Indians. And they want to use uh, Brady as a, an example. So he goes on trial in a bar That's they set up the courtroom in a bar in Market Square. So picture that going on. Now, he's there in the bar and all the settlers come in. They make a big deal about it. And the jury is there. And there's testimony. And Jenny Stoops is one of the shows up before the trial. And she walks up uh, to make sure that, the, that she wants to make sure the jurors all know that she's there. And she takes a flask of brandy and puts it down in front of Sam Brady as he's sitting there where he, wherever he was sitting, getting ready for the trial. Says, I just want to make sure you don't get thirsty. So the, anyway, the trial went on and the jurors deliberated for about 12 minutes and they said he's not guilty. They're not. There's no way they were going to find him guilty. So Sam Brady, uh, they, as he he leaves the courtroom and there's all this celebration. The whole basically the whole city turned out to find out what was going to happen to Sam Brady at this trial, and um, he he's found innocent and he was a gigantic hero and a guy who uh, protected people around here and, and the guy that um, everybody in Western Pennsylvania and, and when I say Western Pennsylvania, it's a smaller. It's not like Western Pennsylvania now. There aren't that many people here, but it's still a large number of people, lots of settlers who were terrified of what the Indians would do. They were they would come in and uh, just absolutely massacre families uh, in their homes. And it was up to Sam Brady to do the spying to find out when this stuff was going to go on, and also to just kill Indians. That was his job, and to keep and to protect the settlers and. I have, I have no idea why, when I was growing up, that that was not taught to people, the kids in western Pennsylvania, about this guy. Um, and it, it, it reminds me, 
the, the Lewis and Clark expedition that everybody learned about in school, I didn't find out until I was probably 50 years old that it started here in Pittsburgh right down at the, at the point. See, Aaron's looking at me surprised. You didn't know that? Uh, this is another thing. They, I mean, you know, they, they, they try to get kids interested in history. And I, 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 everybody knew about the Lewis and Clark expedition. But Meriwether Lewis, uh, Thomas Jefferson... Uh, schooled him at the White House for this trip. He wanted to show him how to. He wanted to pick up all these um, um, items on the trail. He wanted, you know, all the all the plants. He wanted. He wanted him to bring back different samples of everything. And he, so he he spent a lot of time tre- teaching Meriwether Lewis what to do on this trip. So Meriwether Lewis came to Pittsburgh, and he was supposed to pick up the big boat. They called him a keel, and he and uh, the guy who was supposed to have done the boat was drunk. Uh, a drunk, and so he didn't get it finished, and so uh, Meriwether Lewis stayed here. He might have gone to a couple of pirate games while he was here, I don't know, but he, he was here in Pittsburgh for a while, and they put the boat in the river right where Three River Stadium stood, or where Heinz Field is now, and that's when they uh, he took off and headed west from here, and they, they never taught us that. Now, why didn't I know that? And, and, and Aaron's over there, and she's a smart person, and she didn't know it. So, um, so Sam Brady... This is a guy who he, he should be. There should be buildings and streets, and uh, uh, there are things named after him. But there should be lots of things named after him. Maybe you've heard of East Brady, PA. That's him. That's Sam Brady. If you've gone to the airport uh, out the Parkway, uh, Brady's Run, you may have passed. There's a sign. If you haven't seen it, you'll notice it the next time. That's named after Sam Brady. But we weren't taught about him, and he didn't make Pittsburgh Magazine's list. He should have been in the top ten. Sorry, he should have been. But and, and there's not one other quick thing. Now, I went to school in, in Scott Township at Our Lady of Grace grade school. It's on Bower Hill Road in Scott Township. Now, as, as I, I've become a, a, I'm a, I'm a kind of a history buff, and I, I found out during, I, maybe it was we reading um, uh, that Dark and Bloody River, but right, literally outside the window of Our Lady of Grace school, uh, General Neville lived there. He was the tax collector. When they had the Whiskey Rebellion here, they burned his house down. They burned his house down. There was a giant battle there. Hundreds of people killed. He had like a hundred slaves that uh, were, were living there with him. And the history teacher could have taught us about this and pointed out the window and said, see that uh, apple orchard over there? That's where the house stood. And they had this big battle here. Never told us. Why not? I don't know. They never did. But they didn't tell us about him, and they didn't tell us about Sam Brady. But I'm telling you about him now, and um, so that's my that's my story for today. I, I, I and again, it's all it all came to me as a result of the Pittsburgh Magazine 50 Greatest Pittsburghers of All Time. Uh, you know, I, I I think I don't know. Maybe I'd rank Sam Brady a little ahead of uh, Mr. Rogers. Just me, but maybe I would. But he'd be he'd be in my top ten. He'd be in my. T- I know I'd rank him ahead of uh, what's his name with the soup can can Andy Warhol. Yeah, I can never remember his name for some reason. Probably because I'm old. Anyway, uh, that's that. that. When I come back, I'm going to do something that I used to do on my podcast and on my uh, internet uh, talk show I had a few years ago that people seem to like. Stag at the movies, we used to call it. I'm going to give you a movie you should go see uh, over Christmas, uh, and I'll tell you about that when we come back. Stick around.
Getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice Trumponomics bump in your portfolio? Well, we know the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, and speaking of tax, Did you know that Marley Financial can handle that too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or visit them at MarleyFG.com. Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? If you haven't called Windows or Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for siding, doors, gutters, downspouts, and roof replacement and repair. Factory certified by North America's largest roof manufacturer, Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in a business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months on up to $20,000. Windows R Us will match any competitor's price. No hidden fees or surprises ever. Schedule a free roof inspection today. Mention AM 1250 for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. Windows R Us, more than a window company. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com. Everybody's doing it, and everybody's making money at it, except you. You're losing holiday business to your online competitors, and you don't know how to get in the game. Talk to us at Salem Surround digital marketing experts who offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness, even if you have none, and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales coming out of this season. We can design and implement all of your online marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports on results, and instantly move your dollars to the most effective areas of your online advertising and sales. Social marketing, geofencing, web search enhancement, event targeting, and more. Now, there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround, increasing sales dramatically. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. That's surroundpittsburgh.com, connecting you with new customers. The Original Mattress Factory's mission is simple. We hand-build quality mattresses in our local factories. We sell those mattresses directly to our customers so we can eliminate the middleman, saving you hundreds of dollars compared to mainstream brands. While the other guys have their gimmicks, the Original Mattress Factory has a straightforward approach and is committed to quality and doing what's best for our customers. It's what we've done for almost 30 years. Go to OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Great beds, no bull. That is the Original Mattress Factory difference. Quality products plus factory direct prices equals great value. Mattresses that are designed with better materials. Mattresses that are hand-built in local factories. Mattresses that cost hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Now I know what you're thinking. This all sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it isn't. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. Warning. Listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. 
the answer. There might have been some toxic masculinity involved with Sam Brady and the boys, I'm guessing. Maybe a little. He had his, uh, what he was known for, he was, um, you know, he's how big and heavy those muskets are if you ever picked one up. He was known for being able to be running at full speed and, and uh, ch- uh, load the musket. And he killed a couple of people. By, on, by doing it, he'd be running, and they wouldn't expect it. He would st- he'd, he'd load the musket. He would turn around, drop to one knee, and shoot and kill somebody. Anyway, uh, before I get to the movie thing, I, I wanted to make sure I mentioned this because uh, this is this is I think is hilarious. You, I, I hope you've heard the story about uh, Der Spiegel, the magazine in Germany. It's a I guess it's a leftist magazine. I've never read it, but uh, ESPN gave uh, a reporter for Der Spiegel. They're the Journalist of the Year Award in 2014. Uh, and he now, his name is Klaus Rolotius. Uh, he he was, um, well, he just was exposed as being a complete and total fraud. At least 14 of the 60 articles he submitted to the magazine were fraudulent. Um, it says here that he, inclu- uh, he committed his deception intentionally, methodically, and with criminal intent. He falsified his articles on a grand scale and even invented characters, deceiving both readers and his colleagues. I would call that fake news. I think it qualifies. He created composite characters of people who actually did exist, but whose stories he had fabricated. And he also made up dialogue and quotes. Other than that, he was a very good, solid reporter. And uh, he was he was journalist of the year. It's beautiful. So the name of the movie is Green Book that you should go see. Um, I haven't been to as many movies as I used to. I used to go to at least one movie a week and probably 70 movies a year. Since I've been doing this show, I haven't been going like I used to. So I went to see Green Book. Uh, it's a story uh, based on a true story. And it stars Maharishala Ali and Vigo Mortensen. And uh, Ali plays a uh, pianist, concert pianist. Uh, he's black and Mortensen is white and an Italian guy from the Bronx. And it's a story about their trip around the, the country, and he hired uh, this guy, uh, Mortensen's character, to be his driver, and it's about their relationship. And it's a really, really a good movie. It's got a Christmas uh, theme to it. It's, a, it's, a, it's actually, quali- I think it qualifies as a Christmas movie. Um, and it's kind of corny a little bit, but it's, it's really, to me, it was good because of Migo Mort- Vigo Mortensen's acting. He's just hilarious in it and actually says things that make you laugh out loud in the theater, which, which don't, that doesn't happen all that often, at least for me. And the only problem with it is uh, the family of the, of the black uh, pianist says it's a pack of lies. <laughs> but but uh, he said, it's, it's, so it's based on a true story. And I usually have a big problem with movies that are supposed to be true stories and they really mess with the truth. But only when on, in, in movies that have actual historical significance this is just a nice story and they made it a nicer story um apparently the guy the 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 the, uh the the pianist didn't like the driver at all (laughs) fired him a couple of times but that's not how it that's not how it comes across in the movie and it's it's, the acting is really really good and it's really worth uh going to see it's a nice christmas movie and uh you should go see it it's called green book and the even though the (laughs) Even though, even though the main character's family condemns the film's hurtful lies, I, I mean, I'm sorry about that. But I, I tried. I don't. I go to see movies, and I don't look up when they're supposed to be true. I don't look up their um, 
veracity or try to check on their veracity until after I've seen the movie so it doesn't ruin for me. This shouldn't ruin the movie for you because you should go see the movie. It doesn't matter that it wasn't exactly the – they don't tell it exactly the way it happened. It's funny. It's interesting. It's a Christmas story, and you should go see it. The Green Book. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thanks to Aaron for a great year. We'll see you next year, Aaron. Bye. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.